All so, right. Well, well, we're live. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, we're, we're live. live. Too. And, we're live uh, too. Yes. We're let us too. let us we're uh, all live. We're all live. That's <laughs> but, uh, telling me we're all live. We are all live, and we are all in different locations tonight. Nobody ever seems we're to notice live. my picture in the background that I am so proud of that I found at a vape shop, and I want to welcome. Oh, yeah. What is that? Who is that? Who is that? It's our, is it's that? our, it's our distant cousin, Albert Einstein, and um, I want to welcome everybody back to the world oh, according. I want to welcome good. everybody back to the world according to Ben Stein. And, I'm very uh, glad to be here. And I want to thank everybody for following we're very us. Glad on, to be here, sir. We're, we're very glad, glad you're here, and I want to thank everybody for following us on YouTube and watching the live stream, and following us on on YouTube at the World According to Ben Stein and on Parlor at Ben Stein on Facebook at the world according to Ben Stein. And of course, the other Ben, let's welcome him, Ben Boychuk, managing editor of ben AM Boychuk, Greatness. Welcome, Happy to be here as always. Thank you, thank you. And good to see you. And of course, um, Mr. Esoteric himself, the Nixon trivia king, Lewis. Fine, welcome back, Lewis. Good to be Bro. here. And of course- And of course, one of the busiest men in America right now, Parlake's Parlors Director of Outreach, Mr. Remzo Martinez. How are you, Remzo? Welcome, Remzo. Hey, everyone. Great to be back. And I, I, and I love Ben Stein's enthusiasm. If we should all, at the ripe age of 65, have that young 70, enthusiasm. 75. Tomorrow, I will be 76. Yes, you will be. Yes, and, 76. Uh, almost happy birthday. But of course, the, the man of the hour, the man of every hour, America's humble servant, um, entertainer, provocateur, lover, sinner, Benjamin, Jeremy Stein, welcome. Now you could say something, but um, oh, now I'm happy to be here. God bless you. It's great to be here. I'm reaching you from Rancho Mirage, California, a wonderful place. I hope you all are happy and cheerful. And I want to just uh, start this off by, you know, we, we posted on Facebook and I spoke to you about this to quote the, you know, to quote Al Michaels, you know, at the 1980 U.S. hockey game, which oddly enough was Russia versus the, versus the communists, which sort of feels like the battle we're facing now, is uh, at the end of the game, he said, do you believe in miracles? And um, I want to just name off a few things. Donald Trump has faced going broke. Donald Trump has faced, um, you know, obviously the last election was an absolute miracle. He's beat, you know, he beat uh, the collusion thing. He, he beat all of these things. So there still is a chance, um, Ben, that Donald Trump could pull, has one more rabbit in there. He, he could still pull this off. If he had Perry Mason, Perry Mason, and his, and his detective, Paul Drake, he could do it. I think I saw, in my eyes this evening, I saw the great genius Alan Dershowitz on TV last night explaining the path to do it. I think it could be done. I want to see it done. I am frankly terrified at the prospect of losing him. I think he's been a great president and uh, I hope and pray he pulls off a miracle and he is there in the White House for another four years. I, I mean, I think the guy is a miracle worker and I'd love to see him uh, continue. So there's still there's a chance. And of course, I want to welcome um, Katya uh, joining the show from uh, you're, you need to turn on, we will get to you in a second, but Ben Boychick, what are your thoughts on this? Um, yeah, well, let's do a proper introduction for, for Katya we will in a, in a minute. second, yeah. Okay, but uh, no, I, I um, uh, the good news apparently 
is that, uh, well, we'll see. Uh, there's supposed to be a lawsuit filed in Georgia tomorrow by um, Sidney Powell. And maybe this will be the long awaited Kraken or we'll just have to, we'll have to see what the complaint says. But I took that as a somewhat encouraging sign. Um, I've also taken as somewhat encouraging that um, um, the, the president's legal team has remained more or less steadfast and they're gonna push, push ahead as best as they can. Um, you know, there, there's, it, it seems to me that there's time uh, and there's, there's, there's still some chance uh, that this, this thing can get pulled out. But um, I, I, I kind of think that, you know, remaining resolute and generally optimistic and waiting to see what comes out is probably the best course. And I want to welcome everybody back. We and I, I would like to say, this charming creature to my right. Um, just joining the show is Katia Sedwick. She is um, from Hi. The Federalist, Legalist Direction, and of course, Spectator USA. She's joining us a little late, but always, we're, we have no rules here. We have no structure. As somebody said, we're, no, like, no, a Hollywood, we're, like, we're like a Hollywood speakeasy, Katya. And tonight's discussion, we're sort of, the, if you just, because you just joined us and to reset a little bit, we're talking about, you know, there still is, a, you know, it, may, it might be a long shot, but um, they gave Trump, you know, no, no transition. Every, you know, the whole thing was screwy. I think he's allowed to fight as much longer as he possibly wants. Katya. Absolutely. That's the Constitution. Yeah. Katya. Uh, yeah, well, and I actually, from, uh, from my point of view, if uh, transition doesn't go smoothly, it's, um, you know, not so strong federal government, it's a libertarian holiday, so why not? Where are you from? Ben asked um, Well, it's now Ukraine. Ukraine, okay. Very mm -hmm. apropos for this whole, um, uh, from an insider's perspective. Let's jump in this a little further. Farther, further, farther. Lewis and I are both lawyers. I think we know that although law is an extremely personal matter and judges make up their minds on highly personal grounds and not on the basis of precedent, there could be a judge out there who's going to say, look, this guy, Mr. Trump, has been pushed around, kicked around, had his brains beat out by the media all, all his whole term. He nevertheless has accomplished miracles in foreign policy, miracles in economics, miracles in containing this horrible disease, and let's give him another, at least a shot. Let's give him at least a shot. They've, they, they have been badly in so many different ways, in so many ways it violates the Constitution. Let's at last give him one chance under the Constitution of the United States to try to pull this thing out of the fire. And if he can do it, yes, it's a miracle. Not because this case was so far-fetched, because it isn't. Because the real power in America is so wildly stacked against them. If, the, if some judge is going to say, look, I'm going to unstack that stack a little bit and make it so it's fair, that guy's that guy or gal is a miracle. And I will let Katya respond. Um... Well, 
I'm not going to say any about, anything about the law because it's not my area of expertise, but I would say that if an election like that would have happened in Ukraine, we would have a difficult time recognizing its, its legitimacy. You're right. If, in fact, there was a report that 97% of Trump supporters, and I don't know who the other 3% are, mm -hmm. still support, believe that the, 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 the election was stolen. And about uh, just a massive amount of, uh, so on that, let's go to the other lawyer in the room, Lewis, who absolutely really raised the most brilliant point. And I think people really missed the point that Lewis was bringing up was where are all the, where are all the mathematicians and statisticians screaming? You know, it, they might be on Trump's legal team, but you know, for five, eight months, Lewis and Ben and everybody else, we had to, we watched scientists speak and we were glued to the TV what makes us think that if tr if the Trump administration would just put the MIT people and all those other people in front of the camera, we might be intrigued once again too, Lewis? Well, timing is of the essence. I think the, the, the Trump White House or the Trump legal team may have missed its moment in, in that regard. But there are discrepancies that are reason for concern. I don't know if they're necessarily legal arguments, but they are reason for concern and they should concern all citizens. Namely, there is no exit polling, to my knowledge, even though exit polling is very unreliable, to suggest that people split their tickets, that they voted for Biden, but down ballot voted for Republicans. We haven't seen any physical evidence to prove that or to disprove it. We don't even know if there is physical evidence in those states that are in question, say Pennsylvania or Georgia, or what began this discussion on election night and then the day after, Wisconsin. But there's nothing, as I said before, with regard to the exit polling to suggest that people voted for Biden and then uh, uh, down ballot voted for Republicans. What I think may have happened, I don't have the evidence to substantiate this, but what I think may have happened is that the media expected one thing, was surprised by another, and is now trying to square the circle, so to speak. For months, or almost a year, we were told that there would be a blue wave. There was no blue tsunami, wave. Tsunami, tsunami. Right. Yeah. And I took it as a given without even looking at the polls. I took it as a, Susan Collins, Senator from Maine, didn't have a chance and she won re-election. And as you watched during the night, Republicans were doing very well. They did well, even though there are still some house seats that have yet to be called, which is shocking enough. But they were doing much better than the prognosticators expected. And I think that that was serious reason for concern, shame and embarrassment on behalf of the media. And then the narrative begins to shift. And this gets to an issue of oversight, chain of custody and how our elections work because the evening ends with media telling us what? President Trump with 90 something percent reporting in this state or that state, but not so subtly, come tomorrow morning, we, we expect that Joe Biden will be the projected winner in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania, no, you raise Georgia, great points. and we've you already raise, called Arizona. Well, you, raise great, you raise great points, and I'd love to hear from Rems. Oh, sorry, Ben, go ahead. 
Well, let me just say again, we've been saying this one since day one. There are some statistical anomalies here that simply cannot happen. The, 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 this, these dumps in the upper Midwest, these uh, huge numbers of votes, all of which, 100% of which went for Biden, is it's a statistical impossibility. That's being totally ignored by the media, even the mighty precious New York Times. Nobody is going along with that. How can that be? How can we be ignoring that? How can we be treating it as if it's just ordinary politics as usual? It isn't something uniquely astonishing happened in this election. Nobody's treating it as if it were anything but a, a little minor glitch favorite term for this election. No, no, it's not that. It cannot be explained by a glitch. It can be explained by a group of people who are creating the appearance of a glitch. It can't be explained by a glitch. That's a great point. Remzo? When I was at the Washington Times in 2019, I, I got to ask for a lot of insight from a lot of our reporters who are watching the impeachment hearings and uh, everything with the Mueller report. And, you know, one of the one of the things I really remember the most um, from one of our reporters was this whole thing has been based upon the premise of you've already come to your verdict, you've already reached your conclusion, and now what you have to do is you have to backtrack to find the evidence. And right now it seems like that's happening. It seems like Project Veritas and a lot of other reporters are finding the evidence while the Trump team goes ahead and screams out the verdict and they're backpedaling on this. And right now, you know, if there's a if there's a crack in, if there's some type of big expose that's going to happen, you know, time is not on your side. And right now it's getting to the point where I want to believe it. I want to see that there's giant proof of probably one of the greatest thefts of American electoral history. I need to see evidence. One of the greatest anywhere around I mean to steal if it happened if it happened an election in the greatest power in the world that's unheard of I and mean, that's that's a very 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 big theft there's no never been a theft comparable to that yeah I mean for for big claims like this you need big evidence I mean there are a lot of people that are discussing this and they're often being slandered with being called conspiracy theorists right. but I mean ultimately here's the truth about it for a conspiracy to work, you need three people in the room trusting that the other two won't go out and spill something. So we've called Biden a moron. We've called him somebody that has dementia. We think that he's surrounded by not-so-bright people, kind of in the slow lane for this. Yet somehow they were able to go ahead and mastermind a massive rigging across 50 states. and Maybe he wasn't of part of the That's not what people are alleging. Maybe. Maybe maybe Mr. Biden wasn't part of it. Maybe they figured he was too dopey. Yeah, yeah, I got him. Yeah. So some, some other group, and he's he really does think he won fair and square. And if you just maybe. tuned in, you are listening to the world according to Ben Stein. We're joined tonight by special guest Katia Sedwick, um, and we all probably want, a few of us want to know about the last name if that your relations to any of the Sedwicks. But um, who writes for the uh, Spectator USA, um, Federalist? Uh, no relations to Edie, no relations to the General Sedgwick, uh, Civil War General. Um, it's my uh, husband's name. Um, it's a great name. Um, and Ben Boychuk, if you will please tell us about a little bit how to, for people to find us. 
Ben. Well done. Yep. <laughs> yes, well done. I, I, I know, I, I know how to work a mouse. Ben's not Ben Stein. He's a president for Ben Butcher. Yes. Okay, go ahead, Ben Butcher. Go for it. 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 Thank you for tuning in to the, to the YouTube live stream. If this is the first time watching, uh, you can, uh, uh, we would be very grateful if you would hit the, uh, the bell in the upper corner of your screen and subscribe to the channel so you can get notifications when we're going live or when the, when the videos appear. Uh, please like us on Facebook at The World According to Ben Stein. You can find the audio versions of this uh, podcast uh, in many, many fine venues, including iTunes, Spotify and on Stitcher and um, uh, above all most importantly follow us on parlor at Ben Stein. Thank you very much I want to welcome everybody back to the world according to Ben Stein. I am having certain glitches with the internet hopefully the room change helped um, but we are talking about the president tonight we're talking about and Katya from being from the Ukraine which uh, I, I want to know being from a country like that you came here, obviously, and you see what's going on. And you came to, you know, many people come from places like the Ukraine and other places that come to, come to America to escape this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. How is your perspective on what you see what's going on right now? It, it, it hurts. It definitely hurts. Um, I mean, when I was leaving, it was still the Soviet Union. So I... Um, I never got to participate in a fair, uh, free and fair election, but um, what I'm seeing right now, places with uh, close to 100% turnout, that's what you see in um, Donetsk and Lugansk. That's Excellent. where fraud Excellent. happens. And you Excellent. know it's not possible. Thank God for whoever brought this young woman on the show. She's making exactly right point. This kind of, these kinds of percentages don't happen by chance. They happen by plan. Keep, keep going, Katya, please. Uh, well, likewise, um, I'm actually, um, I have a piece coming up uh, soon on election irregularities in California. And of course, everybody knows about California and how um, some of our laws are just difficult to make sense out of, like um, uh, the jungle primaries, ranked choice voting, um, voters poorly understand what's going on to begin with, and um, to me, it seems like something like that should depress turnout, but it doesn't. And of course, no voter ID laws, or very loose voter ID laws, um, all mail-in voting, um, that it, it just seems, I don't find, as a voter, I don't find it reassuring. I want to know that I'm going to vote, and my vote will count, and no other vote will cancel mine out. I gotta tell you, and, I gotta uh, tell you, before, you know, before. I, uh, if I would have to guess, I would say, like, yes, uh, uh, Joe Biden won California. But we didn't need to have an election to know that. We oh, knew yeah. that something like that would happen. But if we do have an election, we'll have to count every vote, and we'll have to make sure that it's uh, free and fair. And by the way, Ben Stein, Ben Boychik is um, the amazing person who brought us Katia Sedwick tonight. So I will let Ben Boychik um, go for it and comment on this. Yeah, I, well, a couple of observations, and, and um, um, I don't know if this is going to fit into your piece or not, Katya, but ballot harvesting is legal in California. Yeah, yeah, that's another, yeah. That's a big, big problem, and, and, and it's perfectly legal here. 
uh, which which really makes one think that uh, uh, the uh, reliability of the vote going forward is is highly questionable. Yeah, it's basically legalized fraud. Right. It's basically like what? I'm sorry, madam. What? Basically what? Legalized fraud. Legalized fraud. 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 Yeah. Very scary stuff. But we've been saying it all along on this show. Something wrong happened that simply is against the laws of mathematics and statistics. Nobody's pulling up, putting it up on on stage, on screen. It's as if it's, it's, it's as if we six are the only people who've discovered it. But but everybody I talk to who knows something about statistics says, well, of course you're right. Of course it couldn't have happened by chance. It had to have been some kind of plan. I wonder too, and I, I would I pose this to you, Ben Stein, and and Lewis, um, in terms of making a, an argument. If you're if you say, put yourself in the position of uh, the Trump legal team, if you had to go before a judge in say Philadelphia, would you say? I mean, one thing I haven't heard, uh, and maybe and 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 maybe this argument has already been made, but what I haven't heard and what I would kind of like to hear is. You know, Your Honor, um, you know, our contention is that because of, for example, the uh, removal of poll watchers, uh, the, you know, covering up uh, windows to prevent people from observing, uh, forcing people to social distance, not just six feet away, but in, in some cases I've read 100, 150 feet away. Wow. Your well, Honor, by definition, that is that is disenfranchising the voters. Those facts alone have represent, you know, the the disenfranchisement of the voters. Therefore, the whole thing is suspect, and therefore, toss it out. Does that? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Right. So, look, look, when the Civil War started, there was nothing in the Constitution that said you're not allowed to leave the Union. Uh, you, you have to stay in the union. Uh, that The Supreme Court only ruled once on that whole issue, and they said you can leave the union. Secession is allowed in, in, under the Constitution. So I don't see anything in the Constitution saying uh, you cannot postpone the counting, and if there's some highly suspect voting going on, you can't have another election or at least count again. I don't see anything in the Constitution that says uh, you cannot have a second look. This is a big, big subject. A second look is nothing compared to the magnitude of the stakes. I don't even think it's a second look. How about a first look? Uh, very well, very well put, Judith. Very well you put. You know, because as Lewis refers to it with the statistical, with the with the anomalies of of the House seats to Biden's victory, to, to, to all these statistics. And, you know, we were all watching that night and we all saw the first major dump at 2 a.m. You know, that was our first look at this rigged election, at this voter fraud of 130,000 votes that just happened to go for Joe Biden. So, Lewis, I mean, we're talking about a first, we haven't even had our first look at this. Well, there's a difference between court of law and court of public opinion, and I think Trump has missed a huge opportunity in the court of public opinion because there is a precedent there and the precedent is ross perot ross perot took a subject that was purportedly obtuse too abstract for voters and too difficult to articulate especially in his way and yet 
he turned it into a television phenomenon. And that, and that is the deficit. He used charts to illustrate the seriousness from his perspective of the, of the national debt and the deficit, two separate things. What the Trump team should have done, in my opinion, is if they hadn't bought television time, they should have held the rallies that they've been holding, but instead done it like a version, a modern day version of the Scopes trial, where the person who is the lead statistician with charts that are on the jumbotron yep. in these arenas says, I want you to look at that red bar, and I want you to look at that blue bar. Now, the, the difference between the two, and I'm going to draw the line here, is, as a matter of statistics, impossible. And, it's in, and then, drill down further. Be very specific. Let's look at this district, or this county, and this state. We're talking about three states, or we're talking about four states. They need to, they needed to, outline the argument enumerate what's in dispute, how many states, how many votes, how many counties, how many poll places, and how many ballots, and also what do we as a people know or have a right to know in terms of reportage, because as recently as January 20th, NBC ran stories about Dominion voting systems and the alleged problems and cybersecurity issues. And now the same news department is running stories saying any such allegations of fraud, mismanagement, abuse, or theft are not only unfounded, but for all intents and purposes, impossible. No, it's a great it's a great point. And Ben, I see you getting extremely sad by the Yeah, because 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 what we're what we're doing here is saying Politics supersedes mathematics. Now, I think every one of us knows enough about mathematics to know mathematics cannot be superseded. And I go back to a point that we made early on in the show, and I, I respectfully would like to make it again with respect to my late father. He used to say, when we when faced with situations such as this, where the uh, people on uh, television say, but look, figures don't lie. My father would say, figures don't lie a liar's figure. And we have, I think, some liars doing some major, major figuring, and that has to be gone into in great detail. This, this Constitution is the summit of man's achievement. Lord Gladstone said, I've said this on the show before, it's worth saying every night for the rest of all of our lives, the Constitution of the United States of America is the greatest work struck off by the brain and purpose of mankind ever. We cannot let it rock. We cannot let it molder in the ground as if it were of no importance at all. It is of vital importance to the whole future of mankind. And for those that don't know, you might not know this, but basically Ben's father is a man named Herbert Stein, who um, was uh, the chairman of Ben Say It, because I always get it tongue taught. Chairman of the President's Council of Economic Advisors. And, uh, yeah, just an amazing, amazing position. So when he said that, that has a, and when Ben speaks, I, when, when everybody speaks, you know what? Everybody has eyes. And Remzo, I go to you, because um, does this disenfranchise you at all, you being the youngest of the lot uh, by, uh, by a year or two? Um, does, this, does this disenfranchise you? 
Like, um, look at Georgia. So b- before I answer that, I kind of want to make a correction. Lewis was right. I, I'm not accusing Joe Biden of rigging the election. He was right. That's not the general claims. What I wanted to illustrate um, a while back was that if we if we have to start from there, we know that that's not true. What we're going to begin to see is that this was just way more disconnected than we ever assumed. And this is going to take us way past December. It's going to take us way past January. I think if they wanted to find that big moment to go ahead and show that there was some mass collaboration on any party, then they would have to go ahead and do it sooner than later. But in terms of disenfranchisement, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a libertarian. I, I really don't care much about these elections because let's just go ahead and look at this. Republicans gave up on the deficits. Democrats are anti-war. Civil liberties are, are being trampled on in Republican states and Democrat states. And ultimately, if I could go ahead and just snap my fingers and get the world I want, we probably wouldn't have a president. I think America needs to be single for a few years, find ourselves, read, eat, pray, love, you know, not get into a committed long-term relationship and just kind of figure, figure ourselves out. Because I think the biggest issue of all time is this, and it comes down to power. We have put so much power in the executive branch. We have put so much vested power in the office of the president. We worry so often that we'll have some person in the White House who just diametrically opposes so much that they can directly impact the lives of millions of Americans. This, you know, we might be talking about Trump now, Joe Biden later, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson could run for president and he'd probably win. But here's the thing. Ultimately, what we need to understand is why is this such an existential threat? Why are we looking at this so much? Yes, there's so much at stake right now but the issue always comes down to this it's the biggest monopoly of violence in american history and it's the state and we worry about so much because there's so much concentrated power because we've given up so much of our own responsibility for it whether it's this election the next election the issue is this if it wasn't a loaded gun pointed at one person and pointing at another person another moment we wouldn't care that's what this all comes down to Oh, thank you, Ramzan. If you just tuned in, you are listening to The World According to Ben Stein. And one of the things before I turn it over to Ben Boychuk that I want to remind people in, in the YouTube channel is that the good thing about a sh- what we like is we like discourse. So we don't always all agree with each other. Remzo makes his own points. Ben has his own points. The other Ben, I'm sure Katia has her own points. And we all get along. Just because we think differently and actually Remzo raising certain points or other people raising certain points, it, it's supposed to make your mind grow, you know, and I, I always look back to dating when, you know, I think there are a lot of single people in America right now because everybody's looking for, they want to find somebody that believes exactly what they believe. How boring is that? You will never grow like that. And Ben Boychuk, if you could please tell people where they could find us. Well, if you're watching this on YouTube for the first time, thank you very, very much. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do hit the bell. Uh, Like us on Facebook, if you wouldn't mind, if you happen to still be there, uh, at The World According to Ben Stein. And uh, above all, and most importantly, um, follow us on Parlor at Ben Stein. And one other thing, if if you all wouldn't mind, uh, check out American Greatness. Uh, at www.amgreatness.com, where we're covering this each and every day. We've got great stuff. Uh, And of course, read the American Spectator at uh, uh, www.spectator.org. And if I can say this, 
without Judah jumping through no, we the don't telephone. Bring, we don't. We don't bring that. We we um yeah. Um, if you, just, just in, you are listening to the world according to Ben Stein. Um, we of course have a super guest with us tonight. Her name is Katya Sedwick, and um, who writes for the Federalist, who writes for um, many places. But I really do appreciate your opinion coming from you know obviously from a different country, and it must be like you must be looking in awe right now of of what's going on i mean it's just it must be it must be to you shocking yes yes and um you know i actually taken everything that happened this last year since march into account the lockdowns that seem to begin and then they never end um uh the kind of social atmosphere that i actually i never encountered in the soviet union and it was a very socially repressive country, but um, in the 80s, when I was growing up, when I was a teenager, um, it was actually very, very liberated in the late 80s, uh, Gorbachev, Perestroika, and all of that. I just never lived in a society where people would look at you and they would demand that you would wear an article of clothing, like a mask, even if you walk down an empty street. It's just kind of, it's expected that you would wear a mask. Which really- Yeah, I, I mean, I, we're not gonna include Chernobyl in that, but. <laughs> yeah, but you raise a great point, which is our next subject, which is the, 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 COVID, the COVID lockdowns that they're imposing on, on America right now. And I, if we're all in California, I'm not sure where you are. Remzo's obviously in not in California yeah. either. And we brought this up the other night because now they've taken away, as Ben Stein so aptly put, they've taken away his indoor, outdoor, indoor and outdoor dining, you know, and he raised the question of what really, I mean, this goes to the same thing as we're talking about the election. It's like, how stupid do you guys think we are? So we could go to a supermarket and shop mm -hmm. and stand next to people with a mask but we can't eat at an outdoor establishment, Ben Stein. It goes beyond all data in the mind could. Yeah, it goes beyond any kind of logical thinking that we have now passed from the realm of logic, sense, mathematics, statistics, arithmetic even, to the realm of a super state, big brotherism. A big brother knows more than everybody else. Just the fact that big brother said it, makes it true. There's a wonderful movie I strongly recommend it called Downfall yeah. about the yeah. last days of Adolf Hitler in the bunker in 1945. And at one point, uh, somebody asks uh, Ava Braun, Hitler's girlfriend, uh, well, what, what does the Fuhrer, I mean, how can the Fuhrer, how can you be agreeing with the Fuhrer about this? I mean, everybody knows it's just such and such a thing that he believes in is impossible. And Ava Brown says, but but he's a Fuhrer, he's a Fuhrer. That's been true, he said it, he's a Fuhrer. Same thing, media says it, it must be true. Big media says it, it must be even more true. Big, big media unanimously said it and said that if you disagree with us, you're crazy. It has to be true, it absolutely has to be true. And uh, that's a great point. And Lewis and I actually, and I spoke about this the other night, share a common friend who is more on the fringe with certain beliefs. Uh, and uh, that's actually how Lewis and I met. And he brought up the idea years ago to me of beta testing. And I've discussed this with you, Ben, when they, you know, the, the power company will shut down, whether this is true or not, to see how, how people react. And I feel almost, Lewis, like California now is doing one massive beta test 
for the rest of the country to see what, what, what we're willing to withstand as far as dictatorship goes. Well, it, it, it speaks to the point we, we talked about earlier, and, and that is, what is the value we as a people assign to documents? We have paper money, we have a paper constitution, and the question is, does it have the moral authority and the legal tender and the full faith and credit, by which I mean, we seem to, we don't seem to, we do impose greater force and safety for the transport of greenbacks, something that's fungible, dollars, from in a Brinks truck to a bank than we do with votes. And we, and, 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 and we don't even know how that process works. We can find out if we go online, I presume to a degree, who counts the ballots in this place or that place, but are we, is California, excuse me, a testing agent? Well, it's been a trendsetter for decades. For it, it was it was known for the during the during the second half of the 20th century as the America of America, where people could start again. Absolutely, America's America, and that is a very very huge one. And and L.A., where many of us are, is America's America's America. And here, everything has been manipulated and screwed up by Hollywood, whose business it is to pull rabbits out of hats. Now let's have some let's have some reality testing and see if you're not pulling a rabbit out of a hat, but if you're really looking for the truth instead of an illusion, where what are we looking for? What are we going to find? It's a very scary prospect. Well, we don't we don't. It's, California does not set trends for the nation anymore. It sets yeah. trends that are geared toward more toward China because the marketplace for films and such is geared toward action and little dialogue because surprise. Uh, English heavy dialogue is not going to sell well in China or Asia. And there's a general dumbing down of our so-called soft power, our films, our books, entertainment. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't foster any degree of aspirations or aspirational living by people abroad to come here legally and be Americans. The, the, the notion of the American dream is, is a fantasy in, in in fact, and unfortunately, no longer even on film. And um, Remzo, I, I just wanted to talk about this quickly because you brought up something, Lewis, that we posted, that Ben posted on Facebook yesterday that some people really misconstrued, which was that it's easier to vote than it is to get verified on Parler. And when, I, when, we, when, that, when Ben wrote that and we thought of that, we were saying it should be a lot harder to vote than it is to get verified on Parler, which I... I'm very a big advocate for the verification process myself, but um, we have literally zero, everybody got in the mail a ballot. Nobody had to prove anything. I mean, there was no proof during this election. It's, it's absolutely frightening that we, you know, to get Mucinex over the counter, you need your dr a driver's license, but to send in mail at ballots, you didn't need any sort of anything rems up. Yeah, and I, I thought the post was funny. I laughed because it's true. And, um, you know, it's like going back to what Lewis uh, so correctly said about, you know, how we protect paper money. 
I mean, during, you know, I think this is actually, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is probably the first year in probably two decades we haven't had a school shooting or something like that. I mean, obviously because there's no one in school. But, you know, when, when that was occurring and people were asking, you know, how do we go ahead and protect our students, uh, you know, somehow the idea of putting armed guards there to protect them was just seen as an extreme. But it's like, if you value, you know, human life so much, why wouldn't you want to protect it? We put armed guards in front of vaults. We, we send armed guards out with handcuffs to briefcases with, uh, you know, pounds of gold and money. Why wouldn't we go ahead and protect human life that way if they're just these designated kill zones for people? And, and it's because they ultimately aren't talking about the real topic. They're, what they're doing is they're projecting onto what they really want, which is they want no guns. They want no security. They just want to go ahead and use this as a smokescreen for something else. And when it came to this election... You know, for, for people on MSNBC and CNN and HuffPo to go ahead and say, well, you know, let's talk about how, you know, voter ID laws discriminate against people. The only people who voter ID laws discriminate against are non-Americans. It's called the basics of law. You need to make sure the actual citizens are voting. And why is it? It's because what they want to do is they want to deteriorate the system. And they did this. We received paper ballots in the mail. I didn't even request one. And I know people in Arizona that that happened to. I know people in Georgia and Florida and Alabama even that happened to. Because ultimately, it, it doesn't come down to what is right. It's What it comes down to is what is expedient for their cause. And it's a war mentality of anything goes. You know, you're completely right. And we discussed this the other night, Mr. Stein, is that Republicans do not have that war mentality. And they have a, in the past, they've had a foreign war policy. But as far as winning elections, Republicans do not, you know, have that. I, I, I'm not I'm not praising that. I'm not saying it's a good thing. Well, because what they're doing is they're willing to bypass the law. I mean, understand, to but we need okay. to fight fire with fire is my point. And as we have the Georgia elections coming up, Ben, it's uh, Stein. It's very frightening uh, to believe for people to believe in Georgia that their votes are going to count. Frightening or what's frightening is that this has been going on since the beginning of Mr. Trump's term. Either the Democrats have been at war against the Republican Party and against Mr. Trump in particular since before he was inaugurated. And basically we have not been fighting back. I have to love Lindsey Graham. He's my favorite. He's my son lives in South Carolina. Lindsey Graham is the senator. I've contributed to him considering how poor I am. I've contributed to him quite substantially. He, he keeps saying he's going to fight, he's going to fight, he's going to fight, but I hope and pray he does. He doesn't, hasn't yet. I'd love to see him start. I'd like to see all the Republicans starting. Look, I'm really old compared with anybody else in this panel. I remember Joe McCarthy. He did fight. People smeared him. People said he was a terrible, crazy guy. And I guess in some ways he was, but he fought. And he for that, he got smeared. And his children and grandchildren got smeared for all eternity. Let's have somebody like McCarthy come back and actually fight. Ben Boychuk? I'm a little more uh, pessimistic uh, about- Shocking. Yeah, well, about about Republicans being able to uh, show any sort of competency when when it comes to these matters. I, I can think of maybe three US senators, I think that who might, uh, rise to the task, but even them, you know, think of a guy like Josh Howley, who uh, says a lot of wonderful things about 
reining in big tech, but hasn't really been able to do anything. Um, I would humbly suggest that um, given the political realignment that's underway in this country, uh, that it, it's not outside the realm of possibility that in the next few years, maybe four years, maybe five years, uh, the Republican Party as we know it uh, will no longer exist and that something else may emerge from it in part because uh, you know, a good many of the 73 or so million Americans who voted for Trump in this election uh, are simply not going to want to go back to the status quo. And let's go back to, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about who really started this. Joe McCarthy, uh, I beg your pardon, not Joe McCarthy, George Wallace of Alabama. It was an amazing thing. George Wallace came along out of nowhere, out of absolutely nowhere. And he said, you are not being counted. You are not being counted. I'm not talking about racism. I don't care if you're black or if you're white. I want you to be counted. I don't want just the elite and the people who belong to the country clubs to be counted. I want everybody to be counted. And he, he lived in Alabama and he said, oh, the, the children of the executives of the big steel companies in Alabama, which is a big steel producing state, or at least used to be, they're, they're counted. But the workers, the people who work on the assembly line, they're not counted. The executives, yes, they're counted. Through the assembly line workers, they're not counted. I want to count everybody who works and works and makes a living and is not living on welfare. I want to count all of them. He got the nail right on the head. He won a number of enormously, gigantically, enormously important Republican primaries. And then suddenly he just, 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 just disappeared. He was uh, swatted, I think is the phrase that English have, sunk without a trace. And he, and he started this. And somehow some, some new guy is going to come along. I think he's going to be more eloquent than Mr. Trump, but he's going to have the same ideas. We're not going to let the working class just disappear, just disappear without a trace. Yeah. And on that, it's a great point, Ben. Both of you brilliant points, Ben B and Ben S. It's in the air, the Bens. And um, Ben Boychuk, if you could please tell people where they could find us. Well, if you're just uh, tuning into the YouTube live stream now, thanks. You're, you're a little late. You might want to go back to the beginning and catch up. Uh, but while you're at it, please subscribe to the channel uh, so you can get alerts so you know when we're doing this. Um, we'd sure love it if you would like us on Facebook, if you happen to still be on Facebook. And above all, most importantly, follow us on Parlor at Ben Stein. And I want to welcome everybody back to the world according to Ben Stein. In the future, Remso will be doing all our promos. Um, and um, and but I wanted I wanted to get something uh, really a quick point. And Katya said with with us tonight, and I really I mean everybody in the audience is really appreciating and value your opinion because you come from a different country. But the question I want to pose to everybody in the last few minutes we have is um, if 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 what is the hurry? If, if, if nothing was done illegally or incorrectly, who cares if it takes a few extra weeks? I think it's, you know, people want to talk about Occam's razor. That really is the simplest question. If it was also kosher, why, Katya, can't we just have a couple weeks to do the counting? Absolutely. Well, I completely agree. Yep. What is the hurry? And, and, and look, at, look, at, look, at what, look at what Abraham Lincoln did in the case of the Civil War. In the Civil War, 
there was, as I said before, there was nothing in the Constitution saying you couldn't secede, a state couldn't secede. He said, I'm going to make it my business to make sure states can't secede. And four or 500,000 white people, maybe 600,000, died to make sure states couldn't secede over the issue of slavery. Somehow, we, we, we are treating that as a sport, sport as we say in statistics. It can't possibly happen again. It could happen again. We could have a president who said, this is so important that we're going to have another vote. If the, if the president loses that vote, okay, the president loses that vote. But at least we gave an arithmetic a chance. At least we said we're going to say arithmetic has some role here. It isn't just it isn't just the opinions of the beautiful people. Arithmetic has a role. Great point, Katya. I want to get back to you though on that point because I know you're right. Are, are you uh, with the Federalist and um, uh, Spectator USA? Um, it, but in your in your eyes, wouldn't it just be the simplest thing to just say? you know, you coming from a place where we lack certain freedoms to just say, hey, if, you, if there is an issue, why not just count again? Uh, yes, yes. And um, also, um, I believe there was a Rasmussen poll that found that something like 25 or 30 percent of Democrats believe that the election was stolen. Yes. And I don't know if there were Democrats or Democratic Socialists, and maybe that was their bias because they believed that it was stolen for Bernie as well. But with numbers like that, it seems like it's a wise idea to either redo it or um, do a complete audit for the whole country. And that would include California too, where we can uh, somehow never figure out our elections in a way that they make sense to people. Yeah, and, and I just want to raise this quick point. Remember how everybody always used to say it made Trump look guilty to fight back? Mm -hmm. Well, it makes people look guilty to not want to have a count. It yes. makes people guilty mm -hmm. to, um, to, yeah, Lewis, go ahead. I wasn't, I'm, I'm listening. Okay. Stretching. Uh, uh, yeah, anybody jump in. But that, that's my whole uh, thesis on that is, is they look more guilty, Ben. I couldn't agree more. We look more guilty. We don't actually throw ourselves in this and say, what counts more than the words of the Constitution, which are incredibly important, is giving us a straight count and saying the essence of the Constitution is that all the votes count. Let's count all the votes. Uh, clearly something wrong happened in the counting of the votes. Let's start again. If Mr. If Mr. Biden is so wildly popular, if he's such a great guy and everybody wants him to be president, he has nothing to worry about. What is he scared of if, if everybody really wants him to be president? What's he scared of in having another count? And, and Remzo, just for the for the record, uh, Rand Paul came out today and, and and said to every libertarian in Georgia, vote Republican. Good, great, good, great. L libertarians don't even listen to other libertarians, so I hope they listen to him on that. <laughs> ultimately, you know, I was I was looking around to make sure no libertarians were jumping out corners about to hit me with a spade or something. Here's this, and I'll say this every year, every election, whether, you know, no matter who's running, we need to limit the power of the imperial presidency. We need to limit it so much that it never matters who's president again. I think a lot of it just has to do with people being unnecessarily ideological, especially in California, like what I say around, you know, um, the, in this house, we believe in science everywhere, and um, 
whereas uh, they basically vote their ideology and that's what's important to them. And uh, usually there is a strong turnout for general elections, but local elections um, get much, much less interest. And it seems like it should be the other way around because so if we can't walk out of our houses without stumbling on a junkie, there is obviously a problem. And that's um, a problem that should, to a large extent, be solved by local governments. But somehow it's not seen this way. You're completely right, but there's also the fear with local governments of what they're locally doing to us right now in the state of California, Lewis and Ben, who both live in, uh, in or all of us who are under a curfew tonight of 10 p.m., leaving up to the state government, to local governments also could be, uh, Lewis, I saw you raising your hand. No, I was gonna say, look, it's very easy, and I know it's popular to run down America, but judge us by how we treat the least among us, because here we have Remzo, who's in federal custody, joining us, he's in his prison blues, and he still can participate in this program. That's a testament to this country, it's a testament to our constitution, to the Bill of Rights, First Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment. Uh, they apply to non-citizens, but still. Not, not everybody gets their phrases. Let's just say. Okay, look, let, let, let's just say, what possible harm can come to us by saying those 74 million Americans who think their votes weren't counted properly, okay, we're going to count your votes properly. What harm can come to us? No, I mean, it's, it's the, that, you know, that truly is the question of the century. You know, you asked the other day about the question of the century. This is the question of the century. What harm comes from doing a recount? Absolutely zero. And if you want to, you know, unless you want to disenfranchise 74 million supporters of the president. So if that's your goal, that then you might, then I, I hope to God that, that you don't succeed, but that's the only goal is disenfranchisement. But this is, the, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a moment because this is the, this is the counter argument that you should have a response to. If I'm the, if I'm a representative of the Biden campaign, I'm going to say, look, the recount rules differ state to state. And we won the states or enough states to get a minimum of 270 electoral votes. And if there were issues of fraud or there are suspicions of fraud in any of those states, but take say Wisconsin, Georgia, and Pennsylvania as examples, then there would be either an automatic recount or the courts are decisively going to rule in President Trump's favor. That's the response we have to anticipate and have a counter response to. Ben Boyd, let's, go let's go forward with it. As I, we've all agreed, what is the harm from doing it? Where, where, where's the harm come from? Well, you know, I'll play that it disenfranchises if we don't do recount, if, we, if it's not a free and fair election, we don't just disenfranchise the people who voted for the um, person who allegedly lost, but disenfranchise everyone. Because if you, to get to the result, you have to cheat, then no vote matters. And by the way, it's the we didn't have to vote. No, but you raise a great point, Katya, and I'll say to everybody, because basically for the past four years, they've, dis, they've tried to disenfranchise the Trump supporter. For four years, they've done every single investigation known to man. They've browbeaten us. They've done everything in their, in, in their 
wildest dreams. And in this election, they've done the same thing by stealing it, by rigging it. They've tried once again to disenfranchise us, Ben Boychuk. And the question is, I don't see, I don't, do you see it working? The disenfranchisement? Yeah, yeah I do. But here's, here's the thing about that. Um, uh, depending on how these court cases go, uh, people need to be in the streets, I think. And not just on this election, they need to be in the streets uh, over the way governments are handling COVID-19. And I'm going to use the remainder of the time that we have, which is not much, to talk about one way that people can do that. We're in the process, we talked about it on the show the other night, we're in the process of putting together a demonstration on Sunday night in Beverly Hills, more details to come, but we're gonna to get together around 9.30 on Sunday night in Beverly Hills. PM. PM, Sunday night, PM, uh, and we're gonna break the curfew and we'll see what happens. Because, you know, a lot of jurisdictions in California have said they won't enforce Governor Newsom's ridiculous curfew, but, Los Angeles County hasn't said that, and the various cities of Los Angeles County have not said that. And, you know, we've talked about before how there, in many cities, including Beverly Hills, there are steep fines for not wearing a mask outside. So, you know, we're going to get together on Sunday night, and we're going to show that this curfew, anyway, is a complete farce. And I hope Everybody who's listening to this, if you're in Southern California, uh, and you know it's it's the end of a holiday weekend, I realize. But if you're close by, come out and join us because it should be a real humdinger of a deal. Remember, nobody's Raza, really Raza, you need a You remember, nobody's really working, so it's not like you're going to miss the, your job the next day. Um, so, I mean, every restaurant owner, every waiter, every waiter. Wait, you're going to be, you're going to, you're going to be late to the living room? Commute was insane. Yeah. You can't I believe can't, like, I, 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 I got it happened at the hall. I, I will be, I'm so excited about this. It's great. It's just great. Yes. And, great. and, and here's the kicker. So you can't, so you can't, you, we're not just going to break curfew, but we're also going to dine out. So Ben will oh. be eating outdoors which is also illegal so ben i uh, we 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 uh you, that's you might get double fine but that's what we're willing to what, do what 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 is i'm going to bring a huge amount of doritos those are my favorite yeah, so that's right we're, we're going to be dining out it's going to be like a tailgating party and and katia wherever you are you're more than welcome to join us um oh, and have borscht. sorry katia <laughs> i'm in auckland uh I'm near auckland that's, uh, it's, it's, you chose wisely. <laughs> that's, that's, that's no excuse. Remzo, um, I know you will not be joining us because you did not accept our plane ticket that we sent to you. Um, but I wouldn't have accepted any ticket anywhere. I've been stuck here for nine months. I know the federal marshals will get you where you need to be. One second, I Remzo, you're telling me if we paid for your trip out here for this thing, you would come. Yeah, man, I work remote. Okay. That's uh, that Ben Boyd. I'm, I'm not saying right now. I've got plans. You didn't ask me in advance. You got sprung this up on me. But next time we can pre-plan. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that's that's that, that. No, 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 no. Plans are not in future. Have to be there. 
Ramizo, it's COVID. There are no real plans anymore. You know, come on, man. As Joe Biden says, Remzo, if you come want, on, man. come on, man, Remzo. Someone, someone's got to make sure the parlor trains run on time. Yeah, you could do that abroad. And uh, <laughs> and again, I want to just, Ben Boychik, I want to, and I are coordinating this because Ben Stein told us we are. Um, but on that note, uh, we had dinner last night. And sadly, uh, Lewis, I'll give you about 30 seconds because Lewis had a passing um, a few hours ago of somebody very special in his life. And we, I got it. And Lewis, if you could tell us about um, your dog. Yeah, so I had, uh, I had Ben Boychuk and Judah and his wonderful girlfriend. They joined my family for dinner last night and they got to meet my wife's, I say my wife's, it's ours, but it was my wife's because he predates me. Uh, our beagle, Manny, that she adopted. He was a rescue and he was dancing. And he had one eye. He had his eye removed about a month and a half ago. He was dancing with Judah's girlfriend and my wife and daughter and he passed away today. And uh, if anybody knows sadness about passing of dogs, obviously it's Ben Stein, it's all of us. It's, it's heartbreaking and our hearts go out to you, Lewis. Um, thank you. And, uh, and I wanna just thank everybody. For listening, but I also want to tell everybody: don't give up the fight yet. Okay, there's still, you know, President Trump is a, is one of those people that you know doesn't give up. You know, he's he Ben Stein, as you say, he never he never gives up. He never surrenders, and as long as he doesn't concede, we're we're there with him for the party as long as he wants to go on. Well, we 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 don't give up. We have a plan. We want an America that is free. We want an America that's part libertarian, part Republican. We want an America that believes in God. We want an America that worships and reverences life. These things are not going to change no matter who gets sworn in on January 20th. We believe in life and liberty. Uh, and you couldn't have said it better, and it's a perfect way to end the show. I want to thank everybody for listening to The World According to Ben Stein. Of course, I want to thank Ben Boychuk, uh, Managing Editor of, Great, of American Greatness. And you can find him at B.B. Boychuk. On, on on parlor and uh you could find lewis fine at lewis at l fine on parlor you could find remzo martinez at remzo you could find ben stein at ben stein and katya i know you're on parlor you could find you there at I katya, just said I mm-hmm. and uh you got blessed and nobody else had that name and i want to remind everybody that they could fo- to follow us on youtube at the world according to ben stein like us on facebook at the world according to ben stein follow us on parlor at Ben Stein and just follow us, tell your friends, tell everybody, because this is a movement. And I want to repeat once again, before we leave that I, I love Remzo. And I, I, and I honestly say that just because Remzo doesn't think like the way the rest of us do, or all of us do, the whole point in this is that we could have a discussion and walk away right now. We can't all eat together, but usually if we were, we would, and we'd give each other a hug. I'd give Ben a big hug and say, good night, big Haas. And I will see you later. And uh, I just want to remind everybody that what separates us and them is that we could actually have discourse and conversation. And from, you know, Katia comes from a country where that wasn't always allowed. And we have to remember that's what we're fighting for. So even though we might disagree with each other sometimes, that's what we're fighting for. I want to wish everybody a blessed, safe night. Be safe out there. And thank you all for listening. Thank you. Thank you for having me.